Real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. It is November already, if you can believe it. Uh, we hear a lot about dry January, but some of you also go off the drink for November. Maybe to get ready for the big session at Christmas or the big Christmas season. If you are going off the booze, best of luck to you, by the way, if you're giving it up. Same if you're giving up smoking or whatever it happens to be. It's a tough thing, isn't it, to give up something like that that you probably pretend to yourself that you enjoy. And we were chatting in the office about giving up drink. And, of course, addiction came up and the question of when a habit becomes an addiction. And will you all have heard the untimely passing of Matthew Perry, Chandler Bing, of course, from Friends over the weekend. And he was someone who suffered with, the addict, with an addiction, an addiction for alcohol, and not only alcohol, prescription drugs as well. And he had some interesting things to say about it um, when chatting with Peter, Peter Hitchens um, on the BBC back in 2013. Uh, give me a quick listen to what he said. Uh, give me a quick listen to what he said. If I have a drink, I can't stop. And so it would be following your ideology that I'm choosing to do that. That yeah, I'm choosing... That's exactly my... Not my ideology, it is my belief. Yes, you do choose. It is. And, it's, and it's a belief that you wrote in your book. Correct? You, you have a choice. Over whether, you, whether you drink or not, you have a choice. Yeah. Over but your book is the only book in modern times that has this ideology. Yeah. So doesn't that teach you something? Now, he does go on to talk about a lot of other stuff too. And Peter Hitchens, who's also a very intelligent person, who doesn't obviously agree with him, um, talks about the fact that there is no observable evidence or medical evidence that somebody is addicted to anything. In other words, the point he was making is, it's a choice. Yes, you become mentally addicted to something and you become reliant on something, be it prescription drugs, drugs, cigarettes or alcohol. But it is invariably your choice to continue doing that. And some people argue they don't have a choice. And there's also that argument that it's a disease. And we've heard that word before. Alcoholism is a disease. Um, And... Doctors have been arguing about this for years, and I read a really interesting piece going back about two or three years ago about the word disease being used for alcoholism. And one doctor stated that it was the wrong thing to do to use the word disease, because when you use a word like disease, what you're suggesting is it's out of the person's control, which it's not, because every alcoholic I mean, it is within their control to stop. Because let's be clear about it, people who have been alcoholics have stopped being alcoholics, which proves that it is in their control. Somebody can You can control it yourself, but you have to want to do it and you have to need to do it. So the very fact that you can control it and you can stop it when you choose to do it proves that it's not a disease as far as this doctor is concerned because you can't control a disease. If you have a disease, you must take medication or you must find a cure a medical cure, because we can obviously observe it medically. So basically, the point he was making is, if we call it a disease, it gives people an opt-out. And they say, well, it's not my fault, it's a disease. I can't control it. Where his theory is, you can control it. Now, other doctors will have different views, obviously, on it. But do you believe addiction is a disease? Something out of your control? Or is it really your choice? And a selfish one at that, according to some people. I mean, who is to blame? Or is blame useless? Merely feeding the stigma which causes the addict to want to dis- uh, disappear into a substance, I suppose. I don't know what you think of that situation. I mean, do you think by using the word disease, it gives people an opt-out? Do you agree with Peter Hitchens when he said it's a choice? Or do you agree with Matthew Perry, who has passed on, 
saying he has no choice in the matter. I mean, Dr. Mark Lewis, a developmental neuroscientist, his book called The Biology of Desire, Why Addiction is Not a Disease, argues that considering addiction as a disease is not only wrong, but also harmful. Rather, he argues addiction is a behavior problem that requires willpower and motivation to change. And that was the point Peter Hitchens was making to Matthew Perry, but he didn't want to listen. Because, of course, when you're in that situation, you do want to blame somebody apart from yourself. And and I and although very sad, don't get me wrong, to see somebody die so young, and somebody who we saw on the screen as being this very lighthearted, very happy person. Um, anyway, the point is, do you agree with Peter Hitchin and Dr. Mark Lewis, who's written a book about the biology of desire? Do you agree that alcohol is a disease, or do you believe it's look within your own power and your own control to stop? Let me know what you think. Maybe you've struggled with alcoholism or a deep drug addiction. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Let me go to Morris if I can. Morris, hi. How are you? Morris. Hey. For some reason, he ain't there. Morris, are you there? Can we we hear you, Morris? No. Hold on. Let me just switch him over there. Are you there, Morris? Okay. We seem to have lost Morris for some reason there. Maybe should I just give that a quick restart there and then it should be okay. All right. For some reason. That doesn't seem to be working there, Jane. I do apologize. Um, so he says, now what was the name of that book again? Dr. Mark Lewis. His book is called The Biology of Desire. And it's called Why Addiction is Not a Disease. And the reason he argues that is because you put a stigma onto something and basically say to somebody, well, it's not your fault. It's a disease. So you fire away and keep doing it because it's out of your control when realistically it's not out of their control. Uh, the number, as usual, as I said, is 87 188 That's 87 I'm asking you, do you think that alcoholics or alcoholics do have control over alcoholism? Can they stop when they feel... Well, of course they can stop because we, we hear all the time about alcoholics who are not alcoholics anymore. And, and there is always that thing, by the way, as well, that I always think that, you know, when alcoholics say, I'm an alcoholic, I haven't drank in 20 years, but I'm still an alcoholic. I actually don't like that idea. Now, I know that's what they're taught to say, but it, as you know, I smoke cigarettes and I do want to give them up. I keep saying it. I know, I know, I know. But when I give up cigarettes, I'm not going to refer to myself as a smoker. I'm going to say I'm a non-smoker. Because if I refer to myself as a smoker, well, then what I'm doing is I'm continuing down the same path, am I? Let me go to Morris. I think Morris is back. Morris, are you there? Yeah, man. How are you? Sorry about that. Oh, I do apologize. Oh, she's switched you off again there. I do apologize, Morris. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we're started. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, you know, an addiction, it's like when you're young, you try something and you either say yeah or no. And you said no. I don't know. You smoked a bit of stuff in your day and you went, oh, it's not for me. And you jacked it up. But unfortunately, there's weaker people out there. And they just become addicted, totally addicted to what they need. And they need, they get so addicted, they need to take it every day to feel normal, the way you feel normal and the way I feel normal. Well, we don't all feel but, normal. We have our ups and downs, you know. There are days, well, I mean, you know, like, there are days, don't get me wrong, I don't drink um, and I don't do drugs or anything like that, but I do smoke cigarettes. But there are days yeah. that, I, you know, I'm not having a good day and I'd say, geez, I wouldn't mind a bottle of whiskey, <laughs> right? But like, because I know that helps some yeah. people in that situation, but I wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? I understand. You got a very bad impression of drink through your dad. Probably, really yes. It affected you. And I think my wife did as well. Carol never drank in her life because her dad's brother lived with them. 
and they had to bring him home from England. He was dying, and he was an alcoholic, and he died of cancer. And they had terrible rows and terrible fights. And if you're watching that, a ray of the voices, you're going to say, well, why would I ever want to drink? That drink is bad, drink is dirty, drink is evil. Whereas I came from a family where drink was available. But I've never seen anything that I'd be ashamed of. You know, my father was a hard worker. And, he, you know, he worked hard and he played hard. Mm. And he, he partied hard. You know, that's the way he was. Your father and my father were in the same generation. There's your, there's your money for your your groceries and the kids for the week. The rest is mine. I'm going drinking. But see, my problem with my dad was, my dad was a wonderful man, right? I love him to bits, right? Mm. A great guy. But when he was yeah. drinking, he was a dickhead. You know what I mean? And, and, he, and he spoke That's to... Yeah, and, and I, now, don't get me wrong, he never physically hurt my mother or anything like that, but the way yeah. he spoke to her and the way he treated yeah. her when he was drunk was wrong. And particularly yeah. if he drank whiskey. He was like, it was like, he was like a psychopath when he drank whiskey. And so, like you said, he doesn't see that. He mm. does, he's been okay. And then he get up the next morning, oh, Mary, what? I said, I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm just what you, you treat. I'm very sorry. It'll never happen again. Mm. There you go. Am I right? Yeah, but he he would cons- my father would consume like if we went to a wedding or something like that or a, or he was yeah. a, big he, money, big oh, amounts of beer. Oh, fifteen to twenty, fifteen to seventeen yeah. pints of Guinness down down the hatch and drive the car. Oh yeah, yeah. oh no, bother. drive the car home. I remember my yeah. father. I remember my father telling me one time, and he was in the army, and it was before he married my mother, and he said he got twenty pints of Guinness for a pound in the in the in the mess in Collins's barracks. Mm, I wouldn't surprise That's ongoing. But I mean, people say, no, in, in I was, I, they asked me, was my father an alcoholic? Well, he had to have been because he drank all the time and, and he was in the FAI. He was secretary of the FAI at one stage and he would yeah. have been up in Merrion Square all the time and he'd go in for his meetings two and three times a week after work and then he'd go for a pint after his meetings with the lads from the FAI. And, it was know. the culture. It was the culture yeah. in those days. Real men went to the pub and the women stayed at home and minded the kid and cook and there. Oh yeah, so, Sunday morning weekend, over Sunday morning over to the pub, come home for his dinner and go back over mm. again. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, Sunday was a drinking day for men. Definitely was. And then they went back into work on Monday, you know? Yeah. But I think people that are addicted, Niall, it, it is a weakness. And but do you think it's a disease? This word, it. disease. I mean, no, that's, that's what Matthew I, I, Perry was arguing over, saying there was some sort of yeah. biological reason for it. And, and I don't think, it, many doctors say that's complete nonsense and all you're doing is enabling it by saying that. Yeah, you're trying to give it a name that fits in with the woke brigade now, you know. Oh, he's not hes not an alcoholic. He's alcohol-dependent. Or he's a disease. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. But I was telling one of your researchers there that I watched a video of a woman that looked like a junkie in town robbing drink out of a spare shop. And she was raiding the fridge for, you know, the small cans of spirits like yeah. Smirnoff and Coke and stuff like that. And she's screaming at the staff. Not only is she robbing the place, give me a effing bag give me an effing bag she was trying to get the staff to help her rob the stuff she needed because of her addiction because she wasn't getting the high off the drugs so what they do is they take the alcohol instead to keep them going down off the mm-hmm. high mm-hmm. and she was a really big woman and I tell you if she got a hold of you she'd do some damage yeah. and she's running out of the shop and then the drink all falls there over hand so she's a, a addicted and what do you do in this country I'll throw her into jail no, put them into a fucking... Open up what they have in America where you do Drunk the, tank. The drunk tank. Put them in the drunk tank. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I felt sorry for... I feel really sorry for the people like Matthew Perry, you know, who spent a life being mm. addicted to both prescription drugs and alcohol as well. And, yeah. you know, and obviously had a very difficult life. He suffered greatly from depression. 
But I, I watched yeah. that um, debate back in whatever it was, seven or eight years ago when he was on with Peter Hitchens, who's also a very intelligent man, by the way, Christopher Hitchens' brother. Yeah. I was a great admirer of Christopher Hitchens, who was a great writer and speaker, mm. who died quite young of cancer, actually, going back a few years ago. But Peter yeah. Hitchens is very intelligent too. And he was being very polite to him, but he just wasn't buying into it. And Matthew Perry yeah. got really angry with him and annoyed and started coming out with all sorts of theories, which weren't really true. They were just... I, I what I my impression was it's blame anybody but myself. Yeah. Oh yeah, turn the attention off me. I tell you what I realized there the other day. It was Robin Williams' anniversary. Oh, that's right. Now yeah. there's a yeah. guy that appealed to masses of people around the world and little did we know he was the most loneliest of them all. That was an incredible it's incredible story. It's incredible and story. He yeah. hid everything. Yeah. He hid everything. And what a guy to lose to suicide. My mm. God, he must have been tormented. Yeah, absolutely. And the only way out for him was to find peace on the other side. And the guy was a walking genius. But like you said before in your show, it's a thin line between genius and... Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, okay. Well, let, let me get back to the original point, I suppose. And I want to get back to this idea of this book by Dr. Mark Lewis, who talks about the biology of desire and why addiction is not a disease. Um, but some people believe it is. Stay there. Let me just go to Kathleen as well. Kathleen, hi. How are you? Hey, yeah. Hello now. How are you doing, Kathleen? Mm. Kathleen? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. It says on my screen that you don't feel any sympathy for addicts at all. No, sure. I don't. Okay. No, well, why? Do, have you got personal experience? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they really, you know, I've tried to understand. Um, I did 10 years in um, Naranon. It was a group in Dublin at the time. Yeah. Uh, around and there was quite a lot of people attended the meeting, you know. Yeah. And it was very beneficial now. now. And um, what I found is that um, it's a hard road. You know, they start, you see, I think a lot of it starts in the teenage years now where, you know, peer pressure, you know, teenagers, go on, you have a thigh, go on, you have yeah. Go and have a split or have, a, you know, try a bit of a, and they're going to these discos, you know, but they have a choice, you know, okay, under adolescence can easily be influenced, but they have a, they have got a choice now. Yeah. And so many, so many bad things happen in a family when, you know, it's, it's drug related. It's horrible. Oh, well, there, there are many victims. I mean, the alcoholic in the house or the drug addict is not the only victim. Everybody else around them is no. a victim as well, of course. Yeah, yes. And I get that, you know. And, and, and you know, I do have a level mm. of sympathy for somebody who finds themselves in that situation. But do you believe, yeah. I mean, this word that has been thrown around over the last, particularly the last five years that I've heard, that alcoholism is a disease. Mm. Do you believe that? Mm. No, I think I think I think that, and I know somebody that has a drink problem as well. But it, it, it's telling me he's got clean, you know, mm-hmm. that, he, that he's not using it. He was very sick, and uh, you know, whatever he was doing to himself due to alcohol. But yeah, well, it can cause. You can't obviously, believe, you can't believe. Yeah, well, alcoholism in itself can cause a disease. Liver disease would be one yeah. example, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and no more than alcoholic then can you trust somebody with an addiction because <clears throat> they could be just on a methadone program, okay, 
and then when they and then they're just they're meant to be stable when they're on the methadone because it's you know it's more or less helping them to get through their taking the hard drugs. Mm. But you see, after so many years now, it's a chemical imbalance in the brain, I believe, where they, they're not able to, um, to stop it. You know, it's just that they, they, the brain, it's something to do with chemical imbalance. That's, that's well, what I, I believe it to be. Okay, and, and some people have that view, but again, there's no evidence of that. But apart from the there's fact... no evidence, no, no. apart from the fact that people just become dependent psychologically dependent yeah. on whatever substance it is they're using. Yeah, and you see, they lose so much in life, and I would just wonder when the person gets older and they've been on drugs for maybe 20, 30 years, and then how? Mm. And they do look to see their kids when they get older or whatever, and they've not, they've not had any interaction with them. I wonder, does it prick at their conscience? Hmm. I think it probably know. does, but well, do me a favour, stay there, stay there, because I want to go to Lewis as well. Lewis, hi, how are you? Yeah, of course. How you doing, How's it going? Good, Lewis. How's things? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind yeah. of focused very I, much on this I, word disease or this thing that it's out of your control. Is it out of your control? Yes, it is. Yeah, I've been, I've been to the Rutland Centre twice now, um, myself, and uh, I'm currently in recovery. You know, it's a, it's a disease of the mind. You know, um, the obsession kicks in, and uh, when the obsession kicks in, it's uh, it's very hard to, um, to to get rid of it, you know. And the only way you'll get rid of it is by going to meetings and actually talking about the disease, which is which is strange. But uh, you know, you have a twelve step program as well, um, mm. and it is a disease. Uh, I, okay, what, what, do you, actually, what do you think of this guy, Dr. Mark Lewis? He's a developmental neuroscientist, and he said this. I'm quoting him here. This is his book, The Biology of Desire. He says, why addiction is not a disease argues that considering addiction as a disease is not only wrong, but also harmful, and rather argues addiction is a behavioural problem that requires willpower and motivation to change. So he strongly... Well, it, is re- it is a behavioural problem. Like, you know, you have awful behaviours when you're, when you're in addiction. Absolutely. When every addict or alcoholic has, is a compulsive liar and uh, does a lot of damage, you know. Um, when they're in addiction. But is it but, damaging to call it a disease? See, when, when I say to somebody something is well, a disease... As I, said to you, as I said to you before, it's a disease of the mind, you know? So when you're, when you're in yeah, addiction... But, uh, or you're in but that's not the correct term. I mean, an addiction, yes, is a psychological disorder. But that's not a disease because yeah. to suggest something is a disease suggests you've no control over it. By the very nature of the definition of the word disease, it's an infection, it's a disease, like liver disease, lung disease, whatever. They, we don't have any control over those unless we take medication, of course, to get a cure. Where, but when it comes to alcohol, the only cure for it is you stopping doing it. And that's entirely up to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, uh, well you, you, can, you can stop drinking, Noel, but you can still have the behaviours. Mm-hmm. Of, of of an alco- of an alcoholic, <clears throat> if you don't get cured for your alcoholism, so you could have you could you could not drink for the next twenty years, but you could still have your your behaviours could actually be worse uh, if if you're not if you if you don't treat the, the alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way of doing that is by, you know, as I said, on twelve step program, going to meetings, and um, doing service. Um, and all this sort of stuff, you know. How long, how long are you off it, Lewis? Uh, well, I, I did another stint there. I just came out of the Rutland there in uh, in August. 
Okay, good luck. And I got two and a half, got two, got two and a half years sobriety, and I went back out, and I was actually just worse, and I got worse and worse and worse, and it's a progressive illness, you see. Did you go back? So, did you go back on it again? The first time I was in the Rutland was four years ago, yeah. and I went, I, I came out, and I got two and a half years sobriety, and then uh, I thought I could drink again, you know, um, and I couldn't. You know, and I you just thought you could have a, you thought you could have a social drink, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But it gets worse. It's a progressive. It's a progressive illness. And even when you're not drinking for twenty, so so people who haven't drank for twenty years and they go back out, they're actually twenty times worse than where they where they, they left off. You know, uh, the it doesn't stop. Your illness doesn't stop when you stop. You know, it continues with you, and uh, that's what people don't understand. You know. Um, because, you know, to, to, to say, like, I don't think people realise how hard it is. To well, no, I think stuff. they do. I, and, I, and I do too, because look, I smoke. And I understand how difficult it is to give up smoking. Yeah. And you're right, I went off them for four years. Three years, sorry. And I went through a difficult time in my life about seven years ago when my marriage broke down. And yeah. I was yeah. very stressed. I was going through a separation, a divorce, and all the, everything that goes along with that. And I went back on the cigarettes. Yeah. But I went back on them worse than I was when I gave them up in the first place. Well there, well, there you go, you know. Mm, so, yeah. I mean, um, and I've lost my marriage because of it, you mm. know. Um, and uh, But that's the difference between alcohol family, and cigarettes, it, obviously, it, it, yeah. It, 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 it's, a, it, it's a family disease because you're not only damaging yourself, you're, you're damaging you everyone around you. Alcohol, yeah. you, say every, you say every alcoholic or addict affects about 20 people around them, <clears> you know, on average, because you're not just affecting yourself, you're affecting your brothers and sisters. And what's, if you don't mind me asking you, Lewis, what, what's, what was the lowest point for you? In your alcoholism, um, well, I've, I've nearly, I've nearly died a couple of times. I fell and I, I, I banged my head one time, and I ended up bombing up with a coma and had to get right on. And, right. And uh, another time, I fell and I broke my jaw. And I ended up in the back of an ambulance, and uh, but it's affected me life. It's just destroyed me life. Like, you know. Yeah. You know, I've lost jobs. I've, you know, I've, uh, <clears throat> but um, you know, it's a day at a time. You know what I mean? And how are you now? How are you now? How are you feeling now? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm good now, yeah. like, you know, but I mean, like, like it's, you know, it's it's not a joke. You know See, what I mean? suppose and what uh, this doctor is saying is, like, say somebody who steals, right? And you turn around yeah. to them and say, oh, well, you must, be, you must be a kleptomaniac, right? And they go, oh, well, there you go. So I'm going to keep stealing because it's not my fault. I'm a, the doctor told me I'm a kleptomaniac. So do you understand what I'm saying? Or somebody who eats too much food and they're overweight, and the doctor says, oh, yeah. you have a metabolism problem or you have something wrong with your, your hormones or something. So it gives them an excuse to continue because they're blaming yeah. something else. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're doing that. But by using a word like yeah. disease, you're more or less saying yeah, to somebody, it's out of their control. But it's not. Well, you see, <clears throat> you've all sort of addictions nowadays, right? All to do with the mind and the... Mm. They don't just deal with alcoholism. They oh, I know, they deal with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Sex, they deal with video games, they deal with all this sort of stuff, like, you know, and it's all to do with this, with the mind and uh, the obsession that it causes in the mind. And I firmly believe it is a disease. It's a disease of the mind, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, unless this doctor is actually in it himself, um, not, it, like he was an addict or he was an alcoholic himself, then he hasn't really got a clue what he's talking about, to be honest with you. Because if you go to any alcoholic or you go to any addict, they will tell you that the the obsession and 
Well, I've no doubt. Oh no, I mean psychologically. No, well, hang on, Lewis. You I've, know, no, I've no doubt. Well, when I talk to alcoholics on the air or drug addicts on the air, I've no doubt that they feel they have no control over it because I've yeah. spoken to them yeah. and I and I know how difficult that must be. Yeah, but I suppose we are yeah. talking so about just, the biology. Like, you know, from, yeah. from, a, from a personal point of view, <clears throat> I know that when the obsession kicks in, <clears throat> it's horrific. You know, and you know you can just say to an alcoholic, "Oh well, just stop." You know. Oh, sorry, we've just lost you there. Let me so let me just go to Joe. We'll come back to you in a second. Joe, hi, how are you? I'm not too bad, now. Good evening again. How are you? Good evening. Nice to talk to you, Joe. Uh, how you, uh, by the way, how have, you, have you got rid of the anger out of your system after today? I mind you, I wouldn't. Oh yeah, I wouldn't no, blame I you. Apologies. I, I no. Ap- listen, don't ap- really? Joe, Joe. Don't you dare apologize. Okay. She don't. She, no, she deserved she, it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. she. I I actually listened back to the podcast after, and uh, I tell you, she got away with it. She got. She was lucky that it, a couple of more didn't come on top for like you know. Oh, and well, most people didn't agree with her anyway. She was a bit of a head case. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I forgot. I forgot about her. Though. I know I would. Yeah, he put her out of your head completely. She's, she's like a blow. She's like a blow in the wind, you know. <laughs> yeah. Was in one year, no. I know other. loads of people are thinking, "What are they talking about?" Oh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> anyway, Joe. Uh, okay, getting getting back to alcoholism on a more serious note. I, do you? This doctor says you know this idea of calling it a disease is not a good thing. That it discourages people from wanting to give up. Well, I think that doctor, look, he probably has a good idea of what he's talking about. Um, now, I listened to your last contributor, and he seems to have a good knowledge of what he's saying. Um, but I, I don't know, about calling it a disease, I, th- I think that's going a little bit down the PC route, really, isn't it? Because, like, if it was a, if it was a disease, like if it was like something like liver cancer or something in the, whatever, the groin or something like that, mm. That would be classed as a disease, but like alcoholism, can you can you can you can if you have the willpower, oil, you can give up alcohol at your own at your own at your own strength. Yeah, I think it's about strength and character. Yeah, you can, you can't give up you can't give up having cancer, which is a disease, by the way. You can, no, exactly, but yeah, yeah, but you can give up drinking if you really really want to. I know I'm not yeah, saying I'm not suggesting know, it's easy, by the way. Yeah, I know a lot of people though who are alcoholics. And uh, who have went through the mill of it over their time, and the majority of them, like they eventually knocked it on the head, you know, because they just said to themselves, "If we were to continue doing what we were doing, we wouldn't be here today. We'd be just inside in the, in, in the grave." Mm-hmm. Does that like you know? Yeah. So I think like there is there is the willpower there, but um, in relation to your man, that guy, that guy in Friends, which I really wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of Friends, by the way. I thought that, you know, be honest. Uh, a bunch of uh, what they call there were students or whatever they're sitting around yeah. the New York calf yeah. that didn't really get my blood boiling. No, you know? no. Like they were saying there, they were saying there that that was one of America's greatest ever TV shows. Yeah. I think to me that was that was the pioneer of of bad TV at its worst. Well, it it you still know? is one of the most highly rated television shows yeah. in American history. Next to Cheers yeah, and a few others. Well, now, I'm going to agree yeah. with you, Joe. I never really watched it. I never really got it. It was funny every now and I again, think, but it wasn't that yeah, great. I, like, I know it was I overrated. Remember, I do. I do remember that what his name was in it. All right, Tom Selleck. He appeared in it. That's think, right. He, he did. And, yeah. Uh, he was the father-in-law. I think that other fella, the fella who was in that film, the, the what's that one? The uh, Jeff Daniels, is it? Or Jeff Goldblum? Is it? Or think it was a, no, I know that. I know the guy you're thinking of, but I I can't think of his name right now at the moment. But I do know the fellow yeah. you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, 
a lot of celebrities, right, they go down the, 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 the wrong route anyway. You know, you've seen it with many celebrities over the years. Yeah. They live the high life, you know, like especially in America now and in Britain where fame gets to their head, you know. Now, I presume Matthew Perry, he probably had a lot of problems like leading uh, over his time and he probably got out of control and your man was trying to kind of, you know, reassure him or try to explain to him like that what he was doing. It wasn't really a, a disease. It was more of his own actions, like more than anything else, you know? Well, he was saying to him, it's, it was within his control. And, no, and, no, his control, and nobody yeah. else's. It's no, nobody else controls know, your alcoholism. Yeah. yeah. But sure, like, wasn't there, like, wasn't there, a lot of characters in that TV show had major problems. Like, wasn't there another fellow there who I think went on to do Top Gear? Didn't he have an addiction to sex or something? Well, he had a problem too, but also, what's her name again? I can't remember any of the characters' names. The dark-haired girl. She had problems well, Courtney too. Cox, Courtney Cox. Yeah, she had issues yeah, too, yeah, didn't that's she? Right. Yeah. She did, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you're right. So Fa- like, fame lot... brings its issues too, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you saw it, you saw it with Benny Hill, you know, Benny Hill, God rest in soul. And I know... That was a very Benny sad Hill story. Probably, you know, he was one of Britain's greatest uh, ever comedians of the 70s and 80s, like, you know? But you, you know he was also and, a hermit. Oh, sure, of course, yeah. So, like, when he died in 1982... He was there in a t- in a room with a television on, and nobody knew he was there. No, he was. It, it was in a, and that was the a flat, an old, like it wasn't even. He, he wasn't even living the lifestyle of somebody wealthy, and he was wealthy. No, and of course he got very bad, and he got very badly treated by Thames Television because when they kind of brought in this rule that they had to get rid of the smart from comedy, that probably took a lot of his uh, of his dignity away from him. Like you mm, know, yeah, and. Um, you know, no, I know though people might say, I'm, well, I'm kind of old-fashioned, I'm old-school, but I actually enjoyed all that, because that was comedy yeah. at its best. Well, that was good, but yeah, the, the old slapstick comedy, the carry-on yeah, stuff and all yeah, that, it was like good are, fun. Are you being served now all day? Oh, yeah. Like, they were all... Yeah, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't get away with that now. <laughs> not at all, you know, with the, like, with the PC brigade that's there now, not a hope. What was, it, what was your woman and are you being served? The older woman. And she used to always say, does anybody want to rub my pussy? Rub pussy, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Referring yeah. to her cat, obviously. Stay there for a second, Joe, if you can. Let me go to Catherine. Catherine, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. How, how are you doing? doing? Sorry, moving off television and back to alcoholism and this idea of the word disease. Um, nobody's saying it's easy to control Catherine. And I know you're a recovering alcoholic yourself and you spoke to us before about that. 48 years, yeah. 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 And... But, I wouldn't say no way in the twelve steps or the big book is says the disease. Mm. You know? Yeah. And what that other chap spoke about was really good. That mm. was in the Rutland and that, you know? Yeah. Now I'm thirty eight years. Office. You know? Yeah. And office. And uh I feel as if I've never drank in my life. And I wouldn't even think when times are bad to pick up one. It doesn't even enter my mind. I went through too much. But do you and still do you still class days. yourself as an alcoholic? Well, I said to you before, my name is Kim, and I see when we go to AA meetings, you say the first thing you say, my name is Catherine, I'm an alcoholic. But I'm beginning to kind of say to myself after you said it, I'm really not because yeah. I don't drink. You don't drink, yeah. You know, I and I, I never understood day, that. Yeah. It's like it'd be like if I gave up smoking tomorrow, and somebody asked me next week, do you smoke? I'd say no, I'm not, I don't smoke. Why would I keep? Why would I yeah. continue to say I'm a smoker when I'm not? Well, it's it's very very hard now. Oh no, I'm sure it is. It. Yeah, and it can grab you. You know, it can just take a hold of you. And as that ch- chap said, it progresses. It just it's it's 
and the, the family members you ruin your family, everything, everybody around you. Now, I actually stopped at 38 or 39, and I'm 76 now. And I tell you, I just, it was horrendous. And you, you don't like the life you're having, mm. but you need it to function. But you're the only one and who can control not, it. Exactly. Nobody mm. else can do it. No. And, you know, you just, it, I, I'm just, that's stuck in my mind about disease. I don't believe it. It doesn't say in the AA book, 12 steps or the big book. It's just, it's just, it's just, oh, I don't, I, I don't know what, it's mm. just. Well, why do you, you why know, do you I think, think we're, why do you think we're using that language over the last few years <laughs> where, it, you know, it's been alcoholism, they say, is a disease. Now, doctors will disagree with this, many doctors, and say we shouldn't use that word because ah, yes, it yes, enables yeah. people. Well, uh, true, yeah. But in my time to use it as a disease, but I never kind of, I never took that on board. Mm. I was an alcoholic and that was it. And I needed it to function. And then when I did have it, I couldn't function. Yeah. You know, so... It was Cash 22, know, was wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, um, life without it. And well, you, life without it. And, and when you were in the, Rut- you were in the Rutland Centre too, were you? I was I was in the Rutland Centre in 1979, I think. Or right. Maybe before I went to the Monastery Road. And how much, how much were you drinking a day at that stage? Three litres of vodka. Wow. Three. Gosh. It progressed to that. It started with a baby vodka and nagging, half bottle, a big bottle, and then went on and on because you needed more and more and more so and It was more. an expensive hobby, wasn't it? Oh, my God. But somehow you got the money. Mm. They got it somewhere. So you, you went. Know? You probably went and without food just to drink. I, I actually, and I hate saying this, and I don't expect me to be listening to this, but I know. I used to rob the food mm. and buy the drink. Yeah. Because I need, I thought I, I, I needed it. I needed it. But I went cold talking for six, I think it was two months, horrendous, without anything. I was just so sick of being sick. I was four stone or five stone. I was, I, I my children were sent down to me. I was with my mom. My children were sent down by my husband. They were only babies. And, you know, but nothing Nothing to me. I used to say I'd stop for the children, and if they're doing something wrong, I'd start again. I, I'd do it for my husband, and if they're doing something wrong, I drink again. So you have to do it for yourself. That, that's what I was just going to say. Is the most important person you, and because you, yeah. you, you know everybody else is no good without you. you. Have to, yeah, yeah, you have to hit the lowest of the lowest, and I did. And I just said here, have a, have a, I've had enough. I'm not doing it for anybody. I'm doing it for me. And for yourself. And. And that's, uh, from that day on, I'm absolutely marvellous. And if, and do you go out to social events now where people are drinking? I had four children married. I went to their weddings. I entertained. I'm the first on the dance floor in Isle. And then when it comes about 11 o'clock, I just say, well, I'm after dancing for you all. I'm after I'm doing off. my piece. <laughs> I'm up to my bedroom, into my hotel, for my cup of tea and my cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, but you're, I, you're, but you're never tempted now. You're, you never say to yourself, "Jay's, I'd love a drink." Never, God, I, 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 I used to believe in a higher power. I'm, I, I'm gone to the point now, and I'm, I'm getting all kind of ways. 
Yeah, nothing before you're born, you're nothing after. Yeah. You know that kind of way. Yeah, the world, does, the world doesn't know us anything. No. It doesn't. No. Uh, well, do me a favor, stay there for a second. Let me just go to Sarah Jane as well, and Caroline will be with you in a no minute. No problem. Stay there, Catherine. Okay. Sarah no Jane, hi, how are you? I'm Grand Isle, how are you? Good. So, we're all, well, I suppose what the real argument is, is when Chandler Bing, or Chandler Bing, I could call him, Magic Perry, uh, was being interviewed, yeah. <laughs> he, he kind of had a habit of kind of not taking any personal responsibility for his own problem. Um, I'm, he had that kind of debate with Peter Hitchens, where Peter Hitchens says, will you stop blaming everybody but yourself? You're the one in control. And he said, no, I'm not. It's a disease. Now, doctors have argued about this word disease for years. And some of the best doctors, including this one that I've been reading this book, he's a neuro- developmental neuroscientist. And he said, it's wrong to use the word disease because when you use the word disease, what you're essentially doing is saying to somebody, it's not your fault. Well, that's it. You're really reflecting it upon yourself saying that it's the disease of the mind mm-hmm. you know you could easily say that but like what I take out of that is I don't think it's a disease like I left the Rutland Centre and trust the end of 2000 yep um, and I haven't picked up a drink since and um, I went on to a 12 step programme which was suggested by them um, and the language in around the 12-step program, like, as that lady, Kathleen, spoke about, you wouldn't hear, like, like it's a disease of the mind or anything like that. But what I have heard, like, in the early stages of my recovery is, um, like, you'd have people trying to simplify words, like, where in my a- earlier days, like, I wouldn't have been a sort of bright or educated, and I said I'm still educated. But in regards to when it came to recovery and the language that came with it, like, um, it was like a disease was broke down to me and it was simplified. Like it was like, um, you know, you're not at ease with yourself. It, it's like that you're diseased within yourself, within the mind. Mm. You know, it's not actually like you're going out and then, and it's a disease like. Yeah. And some people will call it a disease. And like recovery is like, and it does come down to the obsession. Like, and people think because they're off alcohol for years and years. Like, I've seen people going out and drink after 30 and 40 years. Yeah. Like, it's, they're not practicing, like, and I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to sort of implement the, um, the language of recovery, <coughs> but like, you live by the sword and you die by the sword. Like, I had to change, do a 360 degree turn on everything, my thinking, my behavior. And if I go back and I even try to attempt to act out on those behaviours or even think like that, that'll actually bring me back down that road closer to the obsession. Like, it's so easy to stop drinking, but to stay stopped is, is a totally different story. That's where you have to put in the work. And I don't think that guy, Matthew, had clarity on that. Like, I'm not going to say he had an epiphany or anything like that, but I don't think he understood. Yeah. And you only get clarity on things like that when you actually put in the work, like when you actually do something that somebody tells you to do, it's like blind faith. But do you believe everybody, okay, well, I'll ask you a question. Do you believe everybody who is an alcoholic has a choice? In other words, I mean, this idea that you have no control has to be nonsense because I'm listening to you, I'm listening to Catherine, um, and I listened to um, the yeah, previously, and you all you all stopped drinking, but you all stopped drinking, which means that you do have control because you did it. Yeah, but like Niall, what I'm trying to explain to you, 
I don't know how many times I've been in and out of treatment centres and I mean deep down in my soul I wanted to stop drinking and taking drugs and I just could not because like, it, no, it wasn't the right time my head. yeah but it obviously wasn't the right yeah, but, time yeah. but now it is yeah but when but you can't turn really turn around and say when is the right time because addiction whether it's alcoholism whether it's sex whether it's like drugs whether it's gambling like like people say you give time time you know and that's only when you're in recovery but you don't have that time when you're out there and you're in active addiction Mm. Because like death, we've seen it there with that guy, like Matthew, Terry. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying like, like if anybody knows people that are in recovery or have been down that road and have been on the same boat that he was traveling on, like you can pick up on his body language. You can pick up on the way he was speaking, the way other people spoke to him. You could see that was like a cliche, like what was coming out of it. Because... You have this thing within you that, like, yeah, like it's like a hundred and twenty percent honesty that you're speaking the truth that you know. That's why I do always say to people, like, recovery is possible. Like, don't ever doubt yourself and hope, no matter how how bad. Niall, I came from the gutter, and like, I'm not going to say on national radio, but I, like, the hairs on your body crawl. Mm-hmm. from where I came from. And that's how I know anybody can do it. But that's what I'm saying. You've you've now got a second chance in life. Catherine's got a second chance in life when she was 38. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Exactly. Like, and I'm sober now and clean, like, as long as I was out there when I was in active addiction. But what I will say is, like, when people talk about the obsession of alcohol, it can come back. If you're out there and if you're messing around, if you're mixing with the wrong people, and if you're hanging around the wrong places, like people reminisce and we all have memories and we all know where we came from, but we don't want to go back there. Okay, well, well hold up a second. Just before the break, I want to go, in, I want to, go to Caroline too. Stay there, Catherine and Sarah Jane. Uh, Caroline, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, how are you? It's kind of weird that we normally associate alcoholism with men and yet the majority of callers who are ringing saying that they're in recovery or whatever are actually women. So it, it, it's it's a kind of problem that doesn't have a gender to it. It's everybody. It can affect all walks of life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 16 months now coming up next Saturday. Thanks for the vote. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was great actually listening around there. And um, yeah, but um, I do think it's a disease um, like of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, like at the end of my drinking, um, like I started drinking when I was 18 and I'm 44 now. Like, yeah. And at the end of my drinking, when I couldn't afford it, COVID was around and I used to end up buying bottles of hand sanitizer to get the effect alcohol gave me. That's that's how bad it was, you know. So I didn't want to do that, but I had to do that. So I, you know, it wasn't. Mm. Well, sorry, can I just say, you know, the way you say a disease of the mind, right? Like, are you talking about like your mental health aspects of it? Like, well, I think it's psychological addiction. Yeah, yeah. The way your thoughts, your process, the thoughts in your mind, like. Is that the type of disease that you're talking about? Or is it like a disease like 
you can go out and catch a disease. Like I know, everybody, no, everybody gets confused yeah. by the word disease. And and see, Caroline, I understand what this neuroscientist is saying. When you attach a word like disease to alcoholism or drug addiction or whatever it happens to be, right? What you're kind of saying to somebody is, well, actually now, see, it's not really your fault. It's the disease. Because, for example, when you have cancer, which is a disease, for example, you have no control over that. You rely on doctors to help you cure it or medication or whatever it is to cure that disease. But with alcohol, the choice is yours. Now, I'm not saying that choice is easy, but it is your choice. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. But, like, when you're actually in the depths, when I was in the thrones of my drinking, Mm -hmm. like... It was, it was like I didn't have a choice. You know, I couldn't stop. You know, it was just, I didn't have a, it was like I didn't have a choice. Like I'd call the kids for school at eight o'clock. My alarm would be set for seven o'clock. So I'd have a full bottle of wine inside me before I could call them because I could not get out of the bed. Wow. Like I'd cry in the bathroom mirror, drinking a bottle of wine down in the mornings, not wanting to do it, but thinking I needed it. And you uh, know, was it just but, wine? Was it just wine you were drinking or was it other stuff? Oh, whatever was there. Whatever was like I, yeah, yeah, like I used to work in the bar, going back donkey's ears, and before the close of the night, I used to have to lock up, and I'd need something to get me into work the following morning, so I'd go around with a belly gown bottle to the optics, and whatever was there, it would go all going to the belly gown bottle, and I'd have that thing before I start to work then the following morning. Wow. It was, yeah. Like an I, know, I know, I know. I had a guy on here know, one day on the radio, and he was saying to me that his alcoholism was so bad at one stage that he had no money. And he went to Bowmount Hospital, this is the truth, and he started um, taking hand sanitizer and drinking it. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I ended up drinking the hand sanitizer and I ended up in hospital three times after drinking it. Yeah. You know, because I, I drank too much, not that there's a normal amount. That <laughs> no, he's not a fact. I don't but, recommend you know, anybody drink hand sanitizer. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but, yeah, but... You're it so lucky there. to be alive. Yeah, you're lucky. I've I, 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 I yeah, boozled so my doctor, like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it is a miracle. It is a miracle. But like I said, thanks yeah. to the God, like, you know, it's 16 months on and... Well, I, well done I'm to you, Caroline, and, and keep stronger. it going, keep it going. And and, and yeah. I'm assuming it affected people in your life as well, other people in your life, everybody in your oh, life. Oh, it did. It, the biggest regrets I have are my two kids. They're 16 and 15 now. And what kills me the most is um, when memories pop up on okay. Facebook that I have yeah. pictures taken of them and it's like I don't even remember taking the picture you oh, know because okay. I wasn't there present but in saying that my daughter she got her junior search results the other day and I went to pick her up and I went in and I hugged her and kissed her and everything and I was so present and I didn't have to turn my mouth away to hide the smell of drink and that made me so emotional you know just, I can imagine, just to yeah. be present so, yeah, so what your so, biggest regret is you've missed all those moments in your children's life. I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. understand. And so that. did I. And yeah. so did I. Yeah. It, it's, so, it's Catherine, you, you you remember that too, Catherine? Yeah. Yes, I miss my lovely four children growing up. Yes. Yeah. I was praying it'd rain, so they wouldn't have to go out. Yeah. yeah. Seaside. I was praying I wouldn't have to go on a holiday. You know. Yeah. I mean, and but you get. You do get acceptance of all that and you move on from it. Mm. Ah, well, fantastic. Yeah. You know, I, I have four children and not one of them drink or smoke. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, They're all married. And none of my grandchildren. And it's you know, that's another thing. Sorry for cutting across you there. But, sorry for cutting across you. But that's another no, thing, Niall, right? Yeah. No, like, I often wonder, like, the way people as well, you have the cliche saying it's hereditary. 
Like, that gets in my gut as well, like. Well, I, I don't think there's any evidence of that. They they think that there may be something genetic, but I maybe some people are just more predisposed to addictions than others. But I don't think, uh, well, from the evidence that's there at the moment, it doesn't seem that there's some sort of hereditary link between, like, alcoholics or whatever it happens to be, you know. Um, you know, they don't, yeah, it's I not something, but I, I think it's, well, I mean, certainly it's what they call nurture, not nature. In other words, if your family are alcoholics or there's a lot of drinkers in your house, you're probably more likely to drink. Although in saying that, my, as I said, my father was practically an alcoholic, but I didn't drink, you know, so. Yeah. And and my sister doesn't drink very much either, so. I was an only girl, Niall. I had three brothers. Mm. You know, my mother and father were not alcoholics. My mother would have a glass again. It's a black curtain. And my father would have a pint at the weekend. Caroline, did your, did your mum and dad drink? They didn't really. They went out on a Saturday night for a few, and that that would, that would be it. But like the, the lady said, they're like, I have six brothers and a sister, and I'm the alcoholic out of the whole lot of them, like, you know. Right. And I'm in the middle, like, you know, like you were saying when I come on, like, you know, all the fellas, they can go out and have their drink and whatever and go home to bed, and that's it, like, you know. Yeah. But I was the one that got caught up in it. And did you, you know, did you lose so, friends over it and lose family over it and... You know what, it's only this week and last week, there's a lot of stuff that I'm growing up now. Like, yeah. I started drinking at 18, and I think that once I start, had that first drink, that gave me courage and confidence, and I talked, and I had friends, and I had everything. And now I'm 44. And I, like, I, now, um, like I said, there's issues at home at the minute, and it's like now, I'm an 18-year-old. In my head, I'm an 18-year-old. Well, and I, know I what have you mean. to learn how to deal with all this stuff because I didn't know how to deal with it before. Yeah. So I didn't really have friends. Okay. You know, I was a loner, but um, yeah. So I think I do. I firmly believe that when I stopped drink, when I stopped drink, started drinking at eighteen, that I'm now back where I was before I started drinking. So I have to learn how to learn again. You know how to live again. Well, look, you know, I, I have to go into a break, but but girl. Caroline, you know, I really, really wish you well. You sound like a really nice person, and you sound like you really want to change your life. And you've listened to both Catherine and Sarah Jane, who were both in your position going back many years ago, and they're still, yeah, thankfully, fantastic. off the drink. And that'll be you on the radio in, uh, hopefully, in 18 exactly. years' time, telling me that you're off at 38 <laughs> years, and I'll be 90 years of age. <laughs> but <laughs> you'll be able to tell me, tell me all that, Caroline. So stay, stay strong. And stay off it because, look, you know as well as I do, it's a fool's game, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and look, yeah. you don't want to, I mean, your kids now are going to be going to college, they're going to be doing their leaving there, they're going to be going to college, they're going to have careers, they're going to hopefully have children and you'll have grandchildren. You know, you don't want to miss all of that. Yeah, you, you want to be yeah, there yeah. and you want to be present yeah. of mind for all of that, not just present exactly. physically. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Caroline, listen, yeah. wonderful talking to you. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Kate, you know, when we talk about alcoholism as a disease, some doctors are saying we shouldn't use that word because it enables people to keep continuing doing what they're doing. And essentially the choice is yours, although a difficult choice. Uh, what would you say in relation to that? Well, you know, um, you kind of knocked me out of partner in the last few minutes because you said it was like nurture and nature. Mm. And I believe that as well. Um, a, di- a disease of the mind, I think, can lead to a physical disease where you need to withdraw. Yeah. Which which uh, takes in medication, which is a disease mm-hmm. in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I can tell you that um, another lady said, by the way, all the ladies were wonderful in what they said and, and 
hats off to them. They're all doing great. But um, one lady said that it has um, nothing got to do with your uh, your family or what the, what's the word hereditary she said she said this hereditary. idea yeah there's no yeah. actual evidence of that from a biological sense yeah, no. i suppose yeah 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 and that, and that's fair enough but i can say from my point of view that uh, most of the women in my family uh were very vulnerable to alcoholism yeah and i don't know why but i'm just saying that that it is i'm not saying it's a fact yeah it's a fact from my point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that's uh, that's obviously from your point of view, your observation, and I'm not going to deny that. I mean, and, and many people would say yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, no that's and all did you did you, did you Did you have a problem, Kate, yourself with alcohol? Um, well, I tell you, I would have to be very careful because it would always be on my mind that it was on my family side. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, I would say that I would definitely... Um, I would have to pull myself up. Yeah. And I, and I won't deny that. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it is some it's a it's a problem that can cause huge problems within your life. It's not just the drinking of the alcohol, it's the social problems that it causes, it's the domestic problems it causes within it as well because there was research out a while ago when we were talking about smoking and how many people smoking kills every year. And alcohol actually kills more people directly and indirectly every year because of the other social issues that the alcohol causes. Smoking really only affects the person that smokes whereas alcohol affects everybody around you yeah and yeah and i agree with that mm-hmm. but um but what i'm just saying is that it can cause a physical disease even though it's caught it maybe called a mental disease but it, mm. it can oh no it has it physical manifestations physical absolutely the, the symptoms can be physical too yeah. because well look you yeah. could end up with liver disease as well out of it too you know yeah correct you know, yeah, and and yeah. by the way, sadly enough, uh, when we look at the statistics over the last ten years, um, there's a massive increase in the amount of women who are now presenting with liver disease versus men. Um, you know, it's nearly on par with men now at this stage. Whereas if you go back fifty years ago, there were very few female alcoholics. The majority of alcoholics would have been men. Well, now isn't that a strange one? Mm, it's sad. I don't, I don't mean it's very sad. Yeah, it's very very sad. And I don't mean to make light of it, but there seems to be a lot more pressure on, on women than there was years ago. Maybe they're putting pressure on themselves. As I don't in, know. Um, well, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I just, I, well Life, life I was know, simpler 50 years ago, wasn't it? To some degree, it was simpler. <laughs> <laughs> to some degree. Yeah, but I mean, they're going into these jobs now where they are being challenged and then it's kind of... Yeah, maybe maybe that's um, what it is. Maybe the reason that a lot of men drank so much was the pressures of life, etc., etc. And now women have those same pressures because they're going into careers, yeah. or maybe they're breadwinners and they have those same pressures. And maybe that's that could be part of the reason. I don't know. I don't work out in the stats, yeah. but I'm, I'm assuming it could be part of the reason. Yeah, could be. Anyway, I was just I just found your um, conversation interesting, and I thought. Everyone that spoke, they were absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. They were. And they were, they were very informative now, and I have to say. Mm. But I just wanted to put in that it, it's, um, I still think that I would be vulnerable because of my family. Your family, yeah. Yeah. And other people say that it wouldn't be hereditary. I, I, I do believe, I do believe to some extent, Kate, you're probably right. There, there are, probably are people who are more vulnerable to addiction than others. 
you know, because yeah. look, I I lived in a house where my father was definitely without a shadow of a doubt an alcoholic. Well, just, yeah, and, and not only that, I worked in the nightclub industry where everybody was drunk, and I still didn't drink. You know, so I think you I think you dropped from space. Do you think so? Not totally money man. <laughs> no, I think you're great. No, I think you're great because you know it's it, it's like that. Some people, it's like a bully. You know, if yeah. if um. If somebody is bullying you, you're, I think, 110% sure that you're not going to bully anyone and you'll probably stop yeah, true. other people from bullying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is it, have, you, have, you, have you ever I'm been bullied? I don't know. I know because we're talking about bullying. Yes, I have. I, yes, I yeah. have. Yeah, so have I. So um, have I. I was speaking to one of your producers in detail. Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is shocking, isn't it? It's and it's very demeaning because I I've been bullied in school. I and I, I think some people are a bit, bit more predisposed to it because I I think I've spoken about this before, quite honestly, that I have an insecurity complex, and you okay. wouldn't you wouldn't think it to listen to me sometimes, but I do. I'm very insecure. I get very paranoid about things, so I'm I'm probably a little bit easy to prey on when it comes to that kind of thing. You know what I mean? And I got bullied yeah. badly in school, really badly, when I was about nine years of age. So much so that yeah. I ended up with alopecia. I lost all my hair when I was nine. And I remember I spent most of my life there. I didn't go out very much, you know what I mean? Because obviously I got called names and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, and then I, I got badly bullied then by a school teacher. And then in a workplace as well. I got a hard time from a particular individual too, which I won't go into now. But I will at some but, point in my life. Um, but in saying that... they one thing... Yeah. Just one thing I want to finish up on. Um, sometimes there can be alcohol, alcoholism in a family and you do everything to cover it up and sometimes it means you just have to be a loner. Now, now. real people, real opinions. Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.